you're outputting from your computer to the headphones, it doesn't output from your computer to the TV. So there would be output. nothing for the TV to then put into oh. my headphones. Output. All right. So I think we're officially streaming now, except for, okay, cool. We have I know because I all right. Well, hold on. I got a action. Hold on. Give me a few minutes. I got a sponsor on the line. It'll 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 take me a few minutes to sort of line everything up. Well, if this isn't the red writ. This is after hours, and we're, we're uh, um, streaming on our new our new night Thursdays. And I would like to do some special thanks to all sorts of people, especially the Patreon, Tim Roberts, Daniel Hulker, and Nostalgic. Thanks, Couchfire Media, and thank you, uh, Tuari Lay Productions. Please visit our link tree uh, at uh, link tree slash dreadlore. Um, this is not the red oh, This is uh, after hours uh, on our new Thursday night. We got some uh, really special guests tonight. And uh, in the next coming weeks, we're going to have a few other really special guests that I'm not going to tell you about until we're 100% confirmed. So that is exciting hello everybody welcome to the show uh i'm only guessing that lee cannot hear us or or um i, I, I look red that can't hear us <laughs> uh, I, I can't even well, i'm sorry what was your uh handle again okay. hmm? jazzy cabbage yeah. ja jazzy cabbage and uh what was uh their uh their handle uh are you are you maxing are you maximum effort yeah. all right yeah i'm taking maximum effort here to like um so we're going to talk about some games uh different kinds of pot uh what what gets us into a tabletop role-playing game we're going to talk about ourselves we're going to talk about the world um and we're going to talk about all things um, nerdy, geeky, uh, otherwise interesty uh, in this after hours show. Uh, because I have Max and Jazzy Cabbage on, we'll probably go a little bit into Into Space and our one shot that we did with Gnome Sweet, uh, Gnome, or I think it was Home Sweet Home. And then uh, we got Hulker here, who is a regular on the, uh, uh, well, everything we do. So Into Space and the Red Rit. Um, anyway, let's get started. I want to know, and, and anybody can answer this how they like, uh, what gets us into gaming? So let's start with you, uh, Hulker. What what gets you into gaming? What what kind of games do you like? Are you so are you uh talking about role playing games or Oh I, I jumped. <laughs> Did you have a sponsor? Well I hold on I I'm not I'm we're we're still hashing out the, the terms, okay? You're still it's you're still not quite there yet. All right. Not there yet. Uh why don't why don't I ask why don't I ask Jazzy Cabbage and Max what gets them to gaming, what kind of games they're into, and uh what's going on. So I'll I will i will let you continue your uh sponsorship uh Right. Yeah. Secure those negotiations or whatever it is you do <laughs> no, we, in the boardroom. We, we all want to get paid for this. <laughs> yes. So we believe in you. Um what's going on, Jazzy? Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Well, I, I appreciate you inviting me on. Um, and, you know, once Maxie can actually hear you, I'm sure that uh, he, he would agree to the, to the sentiment. Um, but in terms of uh, what got me into gaming, um, it was one of the first things that me and my dad connected on. Uh, one of the only things we've ever connected on, really. Um, but in terms of, like, what got me into like tabletop RPGs and like uh, the community of it was like making friends in the old AOL days with people across the country and the world in some cases, and like being able to interconnect with friends that you know you may not as easily be able to connect with. 
Um, you know, sometimes a phone call can be awkward, but it's not as hard to jump in a party and play a game that's distracting you. Um, and, you know, the same thing applies to the tabletop. I mean, it's, uh, it's a, an amazing storytelling tool and it's a great community builder. You know, it's like you, you bring people you, you like and trust around you and you come up with a story and create the lore and the environment and all this stuff. Um, I don't know. It's pretty damn cool in my opinion. All right. I'm going to pass off the mic and, uh, I think I, since I put the question in my answer, I think that, that Maxi has got the, the T do it. Yes. And I'm going to make us public. It's so not allowed. Jack, get your shit together. Thank you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do it. Um, I wasn't allowed to play video games for uh, my my entire childhood. So I would sneak into my brother's um, bedroom when they were all out working at the wood shop, uh, which sounds a lot more banjoy than it actually was, or maybe it doesn't. It's it's pretty banjoy. Uh, and uh, so when they were working out in the wood shop. I would go in and play like uh, Assassin's Creed. I played all of Fable 2 that way. Um, and then the second I got uh, my own place, I ended up buying a PS3. And uh, I just, I really like gaming because it's something I, I'm different than you because I don't, I'm not as much of a social gamer as uh, we didn't have good internet at uh, my house until I was 22. So we had dial up. Up until then and uh so i don't do a lot of the social gaming but i like the repetition of it i use it as like a coping skill a lot of the times because i can just like i've played a lot of mario games so much that um i can beat each level without even looking at it so i can like just hear the music and be completely talking to you and finish the level uh are, do you play like new mario or is it old mario or are, do they still make mario new mario or both, all the Mario. I, there's a, there's only a few that I haven't played, and uh, I haven't played the new Super Mario RPG because honestly, I I don't like I don't like that turn based in video games. It's just not, except Delta Room. I really like Delta Room, but it's more of an it's it's for the vibe, not for the gameplay. You know, like an art style, or yeah, the art style and the plot. Because it's like based on you like beat people with love, essentially. <laughs> well, if if only it worked like that in real life. <laughs> right, right. Like you, like for each of the enemies, you have the option to attack, but you can like be like miss or like, you know, tell them something heartfelt or <laughs> it's so silly. Girl, um, I do. I definitely, um, um, Super Mario Sunshine is definitely my favorite. That one's on the GameCube. Um, and, except and for the god awful camera. Is that a relatively new game or an older game? No, it's, or... it's uh, it was in 2002, I believe. It was initially meant for uh, the Nintendo 64, but uh, Nintendo uh, hyped up the 64 a little bit too much, and so a lot of those games ended up getting uh, redesigned for the GameCube instead because they bit off more than they could do. And Super Mario Sunshine was one of those, and so was Animal Crossing. The games are bigger than the system requirements. Or... Yeah. Wow. Yes. Okay. That uh, sounds like a, you know what I'm trying to say. A failure and uh, <laughs> and equipment. Yeah. Um, well, that's wild. Did you see the? I I think there's a new Mario uh, film. Did you see the film, or do you? I you haven't strictly, seen the film. Uh, is that like an interest to you, or is that? Like... Um, I don't know yet, because like I've thought about it, and I like if it's bad. I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> Have they made a good Mario film? Like I remember. They do you remember the OG one? Yeah, like a long time ago. Oh yes, I do. I saw that in theaters. <laughs> you did? <laughs> yes. Watching it at my grandma's house. <laughs> but I think I was still too young to understand like what's on the TV isn't real. So I think I was scared for like a month. <clears throat> <laughs> I, I don't remember much. It's been a long time. Oh yeah, the um, anthropomorphic. I, I, YouTube being the way it is, I know that 
I saw like a secret hack to where you can <clears throat> Mario in like 42 seconds or something like that recently. Do, do you know all the hacks? The, or, o the OG you... Mario. Yeah, I do know. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. There's a, a pipe and I think it's level one or it might be level yeah. two. Level one, two. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it is in the level dungeon. one, two. It's in the, it's in the dungeon and you can go over and then you can skip basically the entire game. But it's not There's going some... over. It's like going through or something. Yeah. It's like you're going through the pipes and then you end up, I don't know, uh, in the toilet of the last level. So that was that was something that I was subjecting. <clears throat> no, I would be so concerned. What what about uh, you, Hulker? Uh, what what got you into gaming? What kind of games are you into? Tonight's sponsor is very near and dear to my heart. Do it. Tonight's sponsor is the Winesburg, Ohio Parliamentary LARP. Yes, the Winesburg Parliament Live Action Role Playing Group consists of a quorum of self-elected individuals who divide up into two houses of players and reenact the process of attaching riders to appropriations bills. If you are ever in Winesburg, Ohio on a Saturday night, please check out the Winesburg Parliament LARP and don't ever check out the Winesburg Vampire LARP down the road that totally sucks. Uh, thank you uh, for that sponsorship. Uh, I I feel like we're all happier now because now we're, we're more financially the same as we were before, but don't ever check out that vampire LARP, the Winesburg vampire LARP. They suck. They're horrible. Good job. The storyteller totally did not get expelled from that from that LARP at all. He just wants to make sure of that, right? This is not an attempt. This is not some rival attempt that he thought of after one of his stories didn't go well and he realized he didn't build his character that well and he just couldn't take it. It had nothing to do with that. He'd been planning this for years, okay? No spite. Spite free. None. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> what got you into being uh, into games, uh, Hulker? Where, where uh, okay. <clears throat> I remember 1985, and I went over to my uncle's house, and he plugged in Super Mario Brothers that he had just bought from, I think, Walmart or where, wherever. And he started playing it. Huh? Was it the one with Dunk, Duck Hunt? Or the, was it? Yeah. The, I think it. The mat. The mat no. uh, you know, the mat that you would like with the. Where you would. It, it was the one with Duck Hunt, yeah. So I had the gun. Okay, so it is the Donkey Kong one. That, that's what you're talking about. No, the, the, well, the Mar Brothers, I can answer that. The, the Mario are Brothers? Yes. Yeah, it's the so one with Mario Brothers, the original Mario Brothers, and Duck Hunt. Okay, so that is the one that has Donkey Kong in it. I don't think Did that was the. No, I don't. They just had the no. two games. Uh, there was an Olympic one where, where that came with like a little plastic mat that you could like, if you ran, you would lose. Yeah, I played that over at a friend's as well. And like the trick was like you just moved your heels up and down really yeah. fast. It wasn't about running. And and I'll also tell you, uh, I had one of the worst ex products, the second, probably the second worst product Nintendo ever put out, and that was the Power Glove. Mm. I remember that too. Yeah. Oh, the, the the commercials hyped it up so much, right? And I, but uh, it it didn't really work. Uh, but I had an, I eventually got a Nintendo. I, I played a few games. Uh, I really liked them. Uh, I think I eventually got a Super Nintendo. I would have been fine with a Sega Genesis, but I ended up with a Super remember, Nintendo. You used the the Game Genies. Remember, remember the oh hell yes, yeah. And I took I, I even took some of the codes and I would modify them by one letter, right? And it, you you would get even crazier uh, effects. Yeah. 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 yeah, and there was a rival to that one too called the Pro Action Replay. Uh -huh. It was just another version of the Game Genie, but it wasn't it wasn't as well known, but it still worked. Nice. I also think of the oh. Game Shark. Yeah, that too. Shark. I've not heard of that one. 
It was did you for get the magazines mainly. Okay. I did. I was the nerd that had all the magazines. Me the too. Game Informers and all Game that. Game Pro. Really... Yeah, and then uh, what was the? I liked the the manuals too. The, like the stuff that you would be like. I don't know. For Pokemon, it would have like all 151 in there, and it'd be like have like yeah. a location. So it's like a physical book. I'll see if I have any left. Has any of this stuff like affected you in real life? I mean, your day jobs, etc. Like, uh, you don't have to go into detail what you do for a living, but but it has has gaming influenced like your chosen professions. Am I alone? I feel like I'm alone. No, you are not alone. <laughs> I always feel like. That. <laughs> um. So has how has it affected? Well, I mean, I mean, did it or did it? I mean, did it have any influence over your chosen profession? I mean, I definitely enjoy the the tactile uh, storytelling experience um, that gaming gives. So. I mean, I don't know if it necessarily affected <clears throat> what I do, to, like in terms of like my job, because I mean, like as a camera operator or like a you know a shooter. Ah, there it is, Game Pro. It's the real deal. The stars of night is that nineteen ninety three right there? Is that yeah? Hold on, out some like vintage, uh, <laughs> vintage, uh, uh. Paper? Memorabilia. There's the word I'm looking for. Nice. That thing's in mint. That, that is, is in mint really good shape. Edition. Yeah. Uh, almost. Near mint. Near mint. I've got uh the top. Oh, did you? Did you have one of those? The those little controllers? Like I remember when that controller came out, and I don't remember it being any better than just having like a handheld little poopy thing all the gimmicky nintendo shit was terrible dude in the beginning i don't know i always did want that robot that would like change your cartridges for you yeah it was a japanese exclusive anyway um so so I, I do art i do art as my job and i do think that enjoying like the creative space of storytelling it, growing up and into this point i think it has probably uh benefited me in a way that i may not realize i guess that'll be my answer so like real life like if 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 we think about real life uh has gaming affected your life uh uh in your work in a positive way uh, or a negative way? I mean, I think positively. <laughs> you do. That's... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a time suck. It, it, you know, like, it, it, is, I mean, you know, it does take a lot of... Are are the the benefits, do you find benefit from, from like, for instance, a role-playing game? Uh, oh, do yeah. You, do, do you work, uh, like, uh, you know, what we do with Dreadlore, um, do you play other games other than um, Dreadlord? I mean, did you play Dungeons and Dragons or Cthulhu or Vampire? Or no, know? um, but I've always been familiar with like how the system works and things like that. Um, and watched a lot of like, you know, I don't want to name drop other, you know, podcasts and shows, but you know, there's a lot of D and D. We can use the yeah, meta. So, let's, let's talk. I mean, you know, Dimension I mean, 20, Critical <laughs> Role, like all those guys. I mean, even yeah. there's a, you know, the Armored Quest, uh, you know, things like that really um, kind of showed me, because that's what I was reticent to get into tabletopping, you know, was that I wasn't really sure, like, if I would be able to stay invested in a turn-based style of like interaction, because I struggle with that in video games, but there's a lot of um, storytelling elements and then and things like that that have made a huge difference in my day-to-day -day life in terms of like being able to improvise and problem solve and like, um, you know, you end up in a lot of shitty situations unintentionally when with the you know the arbiter so to speak. 
Sure. Do you think it has, do you think these games have any kind of therapeutic, um, like for people who've, who've got PTSD or, or have, um, um, are struggling with mental health issues in some way? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's a, it's an outlet. I feel like every, there's like a spectrum on which that, that, balance has to be good with interaction and integration to society like you know like and the tabletop is a good way to break yourself out of like that slump of like not being social it's like a really nice in-between space i you know like i in a lot of people that i know that struggle with like i mean my struggle let me rephrase this i don't want to generalize for other people because i can't speak for their experience However, like the routine of like showing up, just having a thing to be at is honestly a huge boon when you're struggling or when I'm struggling. And then the the ability to like kind of again I'll reiterate it like the the fantasy aspect, the being able to be outside of yourself and interact with an environment that's not the one that's giving you problems right now is a really nice escape. Do do you get more out of like a video game or do you get more out of like um maybe a, a more conversational game like like a dreadlore or or a dungeons and dragons. So um I think it's a little bit it depends. I've done other well I have played other prototype tabletop indie games and you know, like in their very infancy phases. And or like magic um, magic the card game or like uh the board games or something like that. Hit me with the question one more time. I think I got lost yeah, I, I lost the plot. Yeah. Uh do do you get what do you get more out of? Do you get more out of playing a video game oh. or do you get like uh do you get more like depends on the intensity of the story and like how and how much I'm interacting with it. So like um we've done a couple of good like into space, you know, name dropping. Like we you know, that's a pretty immersive uh universe and you know, I, I get into that pretty easily. Um, there's a game on console that I really got into a while back called Greedfall. It just had it had a really good story. Uh, it had pretty, you know, interesting combat. Um, you know, I can say that they I experienced the same level of immersion and, and enjoyment and escapism at, as in both places. And um, okay, uh, speaking of escapism, uh, Crowbear. What oh. is Crowbear? Can can you Crowbear? If if you're gonna, because we we explored Crowbear and the the home sweet home one shot, and and I played with you and Crowbear on a couple other things, and as a DM, it was very difficult to like Crowbear is is very powerful. I, can you give me some aspects of yourself that you've put into Crowbear uh, that that you might. Uh, or, or elaborate maybe on some of that uh, specifically. Sure. Oh, okay. Uh, we sorry, the dogs are like all piling in our laps, causing a ruckus. Um. So, what is Crowbear? I'll start there. Crowbear is a seven-foot tall anthropomorphic crow, uh, that lured a lumberjack, heard music, and made a deal with a demon to be able to play music and the deal in, in, entails you know bring, luring a lumberjack and having a form to take and things of that nature but it's a it just imagine a seven foot tall half human half crow um thing lurking in the shadows that can only mimic sound rather than speak right so so what aspect of jazzy cabbage is uh crowbear like is is there any trait that Crowbear has that you can connect with on on a level? So there's this desire to like be helpful and and not have to think so much. Like just 
you know, like be able to be like, oh, shiny and chase the shiny and it and it be fine, you know, or, you know, unintentionally be helpful. It just it's nice to be able to like get out of that driver's seat a little bit and, you know, feel um, I don't know, it's a goofy spot. And I, I kind of enjoy feeling like um, I'm interacting with some with the space, but not actually pushing any buttons, so to speak. You know, because Zavi is is really does a lot of the communicating and the thinking and like, you know, like that's not my job. Sure. So you rely on on Max uh, to do do the hard, the hard, do the hard stuff. Yeah, All right, and well, it's just well, good to lean on somebody well, in that way. I, I'll ask uh, Max the same question here in a second. I'm going to ask uh, Hulker. So, out of your characters into space, uh, mm-hmm. and and in the Red Rit, uh, what aspect of Tony or maybe some other characters do you think uh, Hulker? lives in i know we've talked about tony quite a bit and i know we've talked about some of your other characters on after hours but but you yourself what aspect of and 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 maybe pick one of the characters and and kind of give a brief description i'll start with tony okay good so like tony i live in the 80s hey but but in all seriousness uh uh I don't know. I I I, I think the uh, the part about Tony being a former priest. Uh, I'm not a former priest. I didn't go to seminary. But given my background, it's it could have happened there, but for the grace of God, go I. But it didn't happen, so I kind of relate to it. Uh, You know, that's 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 probably the big thing that I that I could think of. That sure. What? Uh, why a priest? I mean, what 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 drew you to the cloth? Uh, at least uh, to create this character. I mean, in well, I was raised. I was raised. I was raised Protestant, and yeah, you know, uh, it would have been that pulpit, but it would have been something similar. I thought about it for a minute. That never happened. And and do you ever like how do you approach your characters? Do you use them to get things that that are going on in your own life? Do you try to express yourself through? Uh, do, do, is there something about no? That? I so I try and I try and first given the given the background and the, and the setting that I'm give that that uh, we have to play the game in. My first goal is to make a character whose background is interesting but also fits with uh, the setting. Tony is 30 years old and uh, but part of the pre- going into the priesthood and this is probably something that uh, unless you unless you know your history may not have been obvious, uh, and of course, it doesn't apply to me because I grew up at a different time. Was that going going into college at the time meant that you were ineligible for the draft? Now he would have turned twenty as the la- as the last people being drafted were uh, were being sent to Vietnam were, were being inducted into the army. It, it ended in I think seventy one or seventy two, but it would have been foremost on his mind. And it might have been the thing that tipped someone like that over into saying, "Oh, okay, well, just I'll just go to college. I'll just go down this path." Uh, and it probably, no doubt, caused a lot of other people to do the same thing, including uh, people who would later go into national politics, who just mysteriously get dra- deferment after deferment after deferment. That's a whole other story. Anyways. Uh, and- yeah, uh, well, and and after September 11th, I mean, I think uh, we were probably both the right age. If they actually, yeah, yeah, and well, me especially, and, yeah. you were probably not. You were probably not because of the way draft law works. And here we go on a tangent, but I'm going to go oh, on this no. tangent anyways. Yeah, tell me about draft law. 
<laughs> once you turn 21, yeah. your chances of being drafted are very, 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 very low. Hmm. I was 20. That's the age uh, under current law that they that they would have that they would take you. I was over 21 for sure. That that so was. I remember everyone thinking, uh, because I was talking to people my age, and we realized really quickly that if there was a draft, it's, I mean, it's going to be us, right? Sure. Yeah. And in uh, fact, I was in, in college at the time trying to see how long I could go to college because I didn't want to get out of college. It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. They, they, they uh, nerfed that ex exemption uh, after the 70s. Yeah. But it, it's all irrelevant. It didn't happen. So anyways, uh, it's back to character building. I try and create a character that, that's interesting, whose background is somewhat unique, somewhat original. And I think Tony's fits that. Uh, fits in with the times. And then I guess I'll try and wing it from there. Sure. Is, uh, is Tony a wizard? I mean, or is, is, he, is he magical? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I have not been briefed as such. Yeah. Well, it, it would be metagaming, I guess, if you told me anyway. Because... Yeah. Um, all right. Now, um, does anybody here play any other games? Like what, um, actually, I think we kind of went over that. Um, I, I want to say I spent a couple of years playing a type of game that most people are not aware of. And it's called a multi-user dimension, i.e. a MUD. Has anyone ever played that? Uh, yeah, I played MUDs. Yeah. You play MUDs? Oh, like, Imagine World of Warcraft from the command line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. But I, I mean, that's that's. It's surprisingly, it is surprisingly effective as a game once you get into it. Sure, I mean, social media came like um, the the uh, IRC chat rooms. Uh, you know, a lot of the. I what was there? There was a. Um, some kind of dungeon crawl i'm trying to remember what it was in the 80s that you would go around from room to room and like it was a game that you were supposed to play but people just found themselves in like different rooms and they would talk uh find themselves talking it's 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 an irc chat room turned into a game where yeah. a lot of people are playing, and your character can can fight other people and uh, can die and and come back. It, it's 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 very much a D and D simulator from from uh, DOS or the terminal yeah. or command line or what what have you. I played it for two years. I, I mean, remember it was pretty fun. Being, um, <laughs> I, IRC used to seem so advanced, <laughs> and now we. We have pictures and videos. It's amazing to have watched the internet, uh, the way it's uh, expanded and what. It and it was also the only thing that would work over dial-up reliably. Sure, dial-up. Yeah. Yeah. I remember downloading photos, and it would take like it would just do sections yeah. of the photo. That was that was exciting. Um, we used to have all a, right. Put dial-up through our like. Um, in our laptops, but the um, board would get jerked out by somebody else who was like walking. So you'd be downloading something and somebody would trip over your board and fucking. So, uh, Max, I wanted to ask you about your characters because um, I asked yeah. uh, Jazzy and I asked uh, Hulker. Uh, so, what, what aspect of yourself have you put into. Um, Maybe uh, the character that you play with Crowbear, or do you, um, or and did you you had an into space character at one point uh, as well? Yeah, I had I had a his name was DL. He was the sure. sniper. What what yeah. do you bring of of your of yourself into into the character, like into this fictional superhero type power uh, powerful character? What where do you? What do you gravitate? So all of my characters, uh, all of my characters up until this point have been some kind of builder or maker in some of their aspects. 
Um, I, I, I think that's because, like, I genuinely, if I couldn't find my place building or fixing something in a scenario, I have no idea what I would do. <laughs> that's usually my first thing because when we were doing a first campaign uh, and it was zombie, my first thought was like, nobody has any skills about like, what if something breaks that we need? Like, what if, like, what if your one main weapon breaks and nobody is there to fix it? Like, then we're probably fucked. <laughs> I definitely, I, like, I'm very much a problem solver and I bring that into all of my characters. Like, I put something around. Does, does Zavi have any regrets or does Zavi, um, live in the moment. Zavi is uh, more of a live in the moment because he has always been up until further and kind of like getting out of like a lone person. The lone goblin just fixing things. He would like freelance and like go into towns and like find people who had broken shit and be like, I can fix it for you and that's kind of his life. So he doesn't really um when it comes to people he doesn't really care about consequences. So I don't, I don't really think he has a lot of friends. Maybe he regrets having friends. Because <laughs> he gets annoyed very easily. And and the same with um, Hulker. Uh, did you, do you think that Tony or any of your other characters have any regrets that that you can speak to without metagaming too much? Uh, what is your, what is your character in End to Space's name again? I, I, I... Burgess. Uh, yeah, does Burgess have any any regrets or or are they? I don't think I'm very good at playing characters with regrets. They're very much in the moment. Uh, or do they have any goals? Does does Tony have a goal? To, what is what is? Tony probably before all of this happened, I think Tony would want was probably trying to. He was going to be a border guard forever. Uh, was trying to, to uh, make his way into another life or career um, that he wasn't really envisioning having, but kind of found himself in. Now, w- with everything else that has happened, I'm not so sure that a guy like Tony is going to think about that for a while. <clears throat> I think it's more in the moment uh and punctured by long periods of what have I done? What am I going to have to do? Who's next? It's pretty harrowing stuff that that uh, this is that, that this story has gone through. It kind of reminds me of uh, like a really good Call of Cthulhu game, where where your characters just do all just end up in all sorts of harrowing situations. One right after another in quick succession. And I don't really know how a character like that would would respond. I'm trying my best, but at times I, I, I feel like I'm kind of at a loss because I think about what, what someone like that would go through. And it's a lot. Now now that knowing this about Tony or learning this about Tony, what does Tony think about all the semi war crimes that his friends are doing around him? Like Leah kind of killing people and uh, Nord and Simon also kind of killing people. <laughs> so if I said, if I said, I knew what Tony would think about all of that, then to be honest, I think a character like Tony is is thinking about it too much. Or at least I'm assuming that a character like Tony is thinking about it too much. There's not a lot, there, there has not been a lot of time to really, to, to really uh, come to terms with what has happened. This is all very much in the moment after moment after moment. Uh, I don't know that I have a, I have a good answer to that question. And um, 
Max and um, Jazzy, do do your characters have any thoughts on on the nature of how some of these TTRPG uh, games can go pretty quickly into the war crimes realm of things? I mean, is that human nature that we gravitate towards a form of violence, or is it just because these characters are are put into these dangerous situations that we just kind of talk about and maybe is there a uh do you think there's any therapeutic uh benefit to to the violence or do you think it's we're we're you know just bad people at heart um all of the above (laughs) (laughs) that's not enough answer you gotta (laughs) embellish (laughs) <laughs> Give me a little more. <laughs> I, <laughs> you want to go first? Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I think that Zavi has like a, a lot of cynicism about him in that he kind of thinks that like no one problem says something about society. And so like one bad thing or the fact that there are several bad things doesn't really, really mean anything because they're all individual. And it's just, it's less about like having feelings about what's going on and more about just fixing the problem in front of you and then going and fixing the next problem that then is in front of you and not thinking about it too much. Um, Do you think that like in daily, you know, how like we're subjected to whether we kind of like it or not, just by going to the store or, you know, going to a bar or going to a place where it's, we're subjected to it uh on a regular basis do you think that uh ttrpgs normalize violence or do you think they um allow for um a conversation to be had that that um maybe keeps it in the zeitgeist uh or or keeps the conversation going do you think it's good uh, or do you think it kind of normalizes uh, violence? Or do you think it's a way that we uh, deflect our own thing. personal I don't necessarily emotion? think uh, deflect. I think that, one, it's really interesting to see what, like, a disinhibited version of you would do when there's danger in the world. Because, you know, we all come into contact with danger or at a moment when you would have to fight. And so it's interesting to be able to attack that kind of situation without having any um real harm but of course then you have like the emotional harm of what happens to your character it's the same thing that happened with the whole reason that the corrupted blood thing that happened in world of warcraft became epidemiological research was because they made the argument that a lot of people have put so much work into their characters that they had the same emotional attachment to them that they would have to themselves I I have no idea what that is. Uh, so can can you uh, expand on the? You want to cliff? I really don't. This sounds really interesting. More. I want to hear yeah. more. I want to hear the story. Cool. So uh, let's so let Maxie do a cliff notes on what what he's talking about because it's super fascinating yeah. and it honestly really does a good job of answering your question in a in a unintentionally good way, but without generalizing for gamers. Is that that makes any sense at all? Yeah, say it. Let's let's hear it. So hit it. So there's uh, this thing called the Corrupted Blood incident in World of Warcraft. It's uh, they Blizzard made a um, a virus that was supposed to attack in a specific area in World of Warcraft. That is not what happened. The code went haywire and it infected everything. Uh, and once it, you were infected, um, you would keep auto dying, and there was no way to save your character. So a character that you put a lot of money into, uh, a lot of time into, uh, was not recoverable. And it took them, I don't, I don't remember how long it took them to fix it, but it was enough that it became a part of the World of Warcraft like culture for a little bit. And then epidemiologists came in because this is a pandemic in a virtual world. And we can see what happens. And, and what happened was a lot of things. One of the things was that uh, people tried to craft their own remedies. You remember COVID when people were trying to drink bleach and take yeah, ivermectin? Bleach. Yeah, ivermectin. Yeah, literally the epidemiologists that did the research paper Little on horse, uh, Yeah. 
they people called them and they were like, what do we do? And they were like, we told you we this paper years ago. We said this was going to happen and we were right. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, and people would use it as a weapon as well. They would go infect other people. Um, and then uh, there were a lot of people that would go in and uh, help each other. So basically this entire virtual pandemic that happened accidentally and Blizzard did not want research papers to be done about it initially. They wouldn't let it happen because they were embarrassed because it was their fault. They did a whoopsie and a, a lot of uh, virtual people. people off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it was a really cool way to, to see how pandemics actually work. And I, I think the same about um, like tabletop games because it's, there's a point at which it gets to be too much, but I don't think I've ever reached that. But I, I think it, it, it's about the violence being contextually appropriate. Right. Is it functional? It, it, are you problem solving with that violence? Yeah. Is it... If somebody's you and you chopped them up with an axe, like that would be some kind of violence that maybe I wouldn't be there for. And, and that's was not this... like that wouldn't. Was it was the internet uh, virus? Was that pre-COVID or post-COVID, or was it? Before? Oh, it was much like years it was before. Very pre-COVID. Okay. This happened so... before I was in grad school, so this was okay. I think is it was like 2014 or something. All right, interesting. That's wild. <laughs> I mean, six years does feel like. Yeah. Actually, would well, love I mean, to know. I don't know the name World of the person that actually is... built the virus, but like, I, imagine I think... having that on your resume. Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> i did it too good it came out in what 2008 or 9 2004 four World 2004 is that, is that old wow i mean clearly i have no idea what i'm talking yeah. about um and it's a world uh did who so who who played it did you guys play did anybody play it for any amount of time i have i played it briefly when i was in college so my dad was into a game called Ashron's Call, which was also like at the same time frame that World of Warcraft came out. Um, and it also was a like pay to play, um, like a monthly fee thing. So we kind of just made a choice and we chose Ashron Calls, which ended up dying eventually. But um, long to the short, I'm very familiar with the format and I know a lot of people that play it, but I just never invested in it because I was already somewhere else. But I thought about getting into it um, in the next couple of years. Like, you know, I've got a PC now. I've thought about it. I have friends that play it. That's a big yeah. decision. But it's, it's a, again, it's, it's a huge it's commitment. It's like, a, you're, you're it's a time involved. And, and there's time. Like, do you want to do, would you rather make a film or would you rather play World of, World of Warcraft? Or is that the same thing? If you're, if you're immersed well, in and this it's a world, skill that you have to keep up. Yeah. It, it's not just something that, like, you can, like, just, do randomly like it's a sure. you know I, I personally had... i'd rather make a trilogy indeed I had a saga colleague in grad school that um during one of our classes he uh admitted to everyone including our professor that he and his boyfriend got so into world of warcraft uh, at one point that they had separate uh computers like opposite each other and they would like sit in one seat and have sex while playing world of warcraft wow they didn't that want to stop to have sex. I didn't. That's I didn't intense. Know, I didn't know that was. Yeah, possible. I didn't know it got that intense. Oh, he. I won't explain it. He did definitely it, right in the middle of social do you, psychology. Do you think fornication, like during uh, gameplay, like on a video game, do you think that affects negatively or positively your uh, game playing experience, and and or does it take away from the experience of actually? <laughs> the, oh, that's a good question fornication I okay i have i have caveats though because here's here's my question because like is this is this the like sex and stuff related to the game that you're playing or is it not because like are you just having sex and playing a game or is the sex that you're having based on what's happening in the game uh, well i mean that it's that's tough to say it's world of warcraft so i mean i don't yeah. know hey, Jack, well, I mean, about... like do you are do you like play it like like, I don't know, kind of like strip poker. Like, if this happens in the game, instead of, like, if this happens in the game, take drink. 
if this happens yeah. in the game, you do the sexual thing. Because I think well, that, that would make you more into the game. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot extremely different. Extremely goal goal oriented. I mean, <laughs> that's that's a lot different. I mean, if it's a turn based strategy game, like is a different than than a world uh crawl game i would imagine uh as as well so if you're playing civilization uh and and doing a, a, a sexual uh you know having having sex uh i would imagine that or playing chess or or doing something that's turn based no i'm just i'm have. picturing you guys know the, the the bit of that guy that in World of Warcraft he leveled his character up all the way only by picking flowers. Oh, wild! Uh, that sounds like yeah. a a te uh, like an exercise in tediousness. Or I know it took him so many years. He literally yeah. just like for hours just picking flowers. I um, you know there is an opportunity cost. Warcraft. Yeah, right. There's, there's the is the juice worth the squeeze? Yeah, we we listened to that story on uh, Dear Hank and John, um, and their argument was, at what point is committing to the bit too much? <laughs> like, where's the line with the bit? Well, well, that leads me to a, a complete uh, another question. Okay, what what media uh, are we listening to uh, that is related? to what we're doing. Hank and John, I know nothing about them. Who are Hank and John? Um, so Hank They are the Green Brothers. They are the Green Brothers. Um, Hank is the the science one. So he, uh, they both started Complexly, which is a nonprofit that um, distributes um, education materials to schools. You might see mm -hmm. um, Mental Floss, a lot of the Mental Floss videos. Okay. Uh, you'll see them on, um, like at school, like actually somebody that I work with, I told her that I listen to Hank Green. She was like, oh, that guy that, te that taught me biology. And I was like, we know two very different versions of that man, but yes. Mm -hmm. Same person. Same person that humped every um, statue, statue in... in Missoula, Montana as a punishment. They were, they're some of the OG YouTubers. So okay. they started in That's 2004 um, and they would do, they started out doing a video diary basically back and forth. It's video essays um every day and then it it blew up and then also john green is a famous author he wrote the fault in our stars that's the one that he that most everybody knows him for um and they also have a podcast where they answer questions uh give you dubious advice and answer all the questions give you all the news from uh mars and afc wimbledon so it's very adhd it's random okay. questions and you might get a genuine answer and you might get something completely ridiculous Sure. Uh, and Hulker, do you have a podcast that you gravitate towards? So I I actually know Hank Green as the science from, from, from that angle. Yeah. Unsurprised. Do you know yeah. him from his band, though? Not really, no. He is a musician. Well, he, well, he no. had a, a mathematical band. Like, literally, it's mathematics rock. No, but I think he recently had... Uh, I think it was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma or something to that, yep. to that, to that yes. extent. Yeah. Uh, yes. He would disagree with you if you said had to him because he's like, you don't not have, you're in remission. He, yeah, he, yeah. You don't not have it. Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely changed a lot since okay. the, the cancer diagnosis because he's, he used to be the green brother that is like all a very spontaneous and quirky and fun. And John is the brooding existential one. And now Hank is being a little bit broody and existential. And John is trying to compensate by being like out of character and uncomfortably sunny. And you're like, please stop. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, clearly they are, um, they're doing well. They've got three, uh, nearly 4 million subscribers. Uh, yeah. And about, about a billion views on the, on the uh, internet, something that, that maybe we uh, we would be in a different place. Uh, funny note: my YouTube account is actually older than theirs. They joined in two thousand seven, and I joined, I think, in two thousand five or six. Damn! Wow, that's old. 
So I'm yeah. just impressed you've been able to keep up with the password and log in and the email and and all the things required to log into it. Motherfucker, I couldn't even get into Discord earlier. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's <clears throat> technology is a beast. It's definitely a beast. All right. Uh, let's. I would like to wrap this up with future characters uh, for TTRPG. I want to ask this to each of you: What characters do you want to play next? So, after the Red Rit, after Into Space, what is the the genre? and character that you want to play. We'll start with you, Max. What are you thinking? I, I definitely want to play something more combat-y than I have, because I think I've stayed in my comfort zone, because in real life, I am the person that fixes things, fixes things, and uh, in the game, I'm the person that fixes things. So <laughs> um, I was thinking maybe a, a paladin, but I'm not sure oh, wow. yet. Devout. So why 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 some someone who's devout like that or and and point, again because it's know. again it's against my comfort zone because I yeah. I don't have a, a like a I don't have that kind of mentality where I'm like I will follow this deity you know right so like, this is like, like and what's the setting is your paladin in what is the setting you want to play in Ooh. I don't know that yet okay uh hulker i think so i never really uh got into playing caster characters like wizards in in D D or uh the equivalent in uh dreadlord uh but i think it would be a nice change of pace uh, and it would also force me to learn more complicated game mechanics because being a wizard it's they usually tell you hey don't do that as your first character it's it's a lot unless you really sure. read read the rules sure yeah it's hard it's hard and and the so you want to play in the setting of craster proper like the yeah i could absolutely the, uh with uh so you want to get into what is it uh theor theurgy theurgy yeah 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 that's wild all right and uh Jazzy, what are you, what are you thinking? Um, I had an idea where um, I, obviously I can't think of the guy's name right now, but from uh, the Into Space series, the one that's from Prime, um, I thought it would be cool to use Prime as an environment and do ancestor characters for the people that we are playing as an in, in, Into Space, mm -hmm. um, and I had this idea where. You know, animal based still, but you like. I have a weapon that's like two things. Like, for example, it's like a hammer uh, for a gigantic grizzly bear, but when I'm in per person form, it's like a bow and arrow with a weight on the bottom because it's so big. Because, you know, it looks like a hammer. I, you get what I'm saying? Like, just something that's like very, like, I want to be a caster, but I'm still nervous. I, like, is it's a lot. Um, you're missing Jack is giving you so much sass. He nudged your arm because you were moving it while it was his pillow, and then he put his head up and glared at you. It it is it's because I was petting him and stopped at some point. It is a lot. Um if if it means anything, uh the character I play Nord is a wizard, basically. But it's all he, he's picked all of the non magical powers of being a wizard. I did that on purpose <laughs> just to because William was like, you can be anything you want in the book except for wizard. And it's like, well, I want to be a wizard. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I feel, I feel but, like he should have known that would have happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so he's a wizard, but without any power. <laughs> That's amazing. A magicless wizard. I love it. Anyways. It's like um, free bed. Yeah, it is. It is. Any, any last thoughts before we sign off? Are we... Uh, I, I definitely thank everyone um, for coming out. I pitched Dreadlord to a friend of mine that's been doing a homebrew for like several years and he loves the system. So um, <clears throat> I what I want to, I guess, impart is like, talk about it. It's cool. Uh, it's a good system. It works well. And, um, you know, it brought a lot of us together that are sitting right here. I think we, we uh, honestly what brought uh oh hulker i guess brought 
was brought to us, but I think we were all brought together because we like film. <laughs> right. Well, the desire, the desire to create, you know, the creative. I mean, that's that's yeah. what no, ta table topping is. You, sure. You're creating a story, you know. The sure. desire to earn food by making. Yes. I also want yeah. to art for food. That, that is a yeah. part of it. <laughs> we'll, we'll art for food. Well, that's that's a that's a conversation for a different day. We'll talk about the economics of making a living through role playing game. Uh, next time on uh, After Hours, uh, thank you everyone for uh, stepping in and joining us. Uh, this is not the Red Rit, this is After Hours, but I just want to give some thanks to Jazzy Cabbage and Max and Hulker for being a part of this um, and uh, participating. And a special thanks to all our Patreon members uh, Tim Roberts, Daniel Holker, Nostalgic, uh, Couchfire Media, and Trois Reblay Productions. Please take a look at our link tree, Dreadlore. Don't forget to thank our sponsor tonight. Uh, thanks to our sponsor that I didn't understand. The Winesburg, Ohio Parliament live action role playing uh, troupe. Yes, Winesburg, Ohio, LARPing. Gotcha. So we might be near them. Can you uh, make a reference? Yeah. <laughs> Larp, larp, larp. Last thoughts before I hit the end button. Any last words? Be safe out there. Everybody love everybody. And we'll catch you next time. Yeah, we'll catch you next time. Uh, looking forward.